episode 116 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans, game-specific, off-topic-sometimes podcast. I'm Mike Solosi. I'm your host this evening. Or maybe maybe you're not listening to this in the evening. Maybe I should just restart this introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now, though. Too late now. Uh, and I'm joined today by uh, one of my regular co-hosts, Alana Higgs. Hello, everyone. Nice to be back. Right, Alana, over the past month or month and a half or so, you and I have been playing Breath of Fire 4, the PS1 classic RPG from Capcom, back when Capcom made RPGs. And um, at the break of the last episode, I had finished Chapter 1 out of 4, even though 4 is just basically one dungeon and some bosses. Mm-hmm. And, um, th- and, I, and this is my first time playing the game, and you were a little further ahead than me, and you had played this game before. Yeah. That's all right. Right. So I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. I love this game. It is super good. I have um, not enjoyed a uh, retro encounter game this much since Shadow Hearts Covenant, I think. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm struggling to find my words a little bit. When I play retro encounter games often, I'm pressed for time. Like, I have to finish this game in two weeks and maybe I've had a busy week, and I don't, I don't always finish the ones for the episodes I'm on, which is unfortunate. And sometimes, because I'm, I'm mainlining the game towards the end, I know I miss things, or, uh, or like the, the, the end of the game is a lot less fun than, for me than usual. Um, and especially with things like the last story. I think in like the last one of those episodes, you can hear my bitterness in the, a little bit. <laughs> But uh, this is one of the few retro encounter games I've played where I honestly wish it was longer. Because like mm. w- w- when I'm hitting end game stuff and I like the end is in sight, uh, I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh man, is that really it? Like, I, I guess I could go back and f- go fishing or something. But that that's not really what I want. I want more game out of this game. Mm. So uh, and we mentioned a little bit last episode how occasionally we thought it felt rushed because of the way the world map is positioned and the way events happen quickly. Uh, do you think that Breath of Fire 4 is too long or too short or rushed or not? Or do you think it could be longer and still be as fun? Yes, in the short, I think it could be longer. I mean, I clocked in a bit. We were talking before the episode we started recording and we clocked in different times. So you were just under 30 and I was over 30. But it didn't feel like 30 hours. And for most of the game, it kind of felt like, I don't want to say padding, but there were various points in the narrative in the game where not much happened and then all of a sudden you'd have points where everything would happen but then you have to think how did it get to that point and there felt like bits where i wanted to see more i wanted to spend more time with some of the characters because yes one example being elena nina's sister who as we said in the last episode you're you spend most of the first half of the game going to save her but you hit a point in chapter two where you realize what Ryu is and you realize, hang on a minute, the emperor has been resurrected and has, he, he's his other half. And then that becomes your end goal, going to meet the emperor to find out what's going on. Right. So, yeah, but basically the first three chapters are chapter one is going to rescue Alina and, um, and Ryu and uh, meets the rest of the cast or the, the, fir- the other first three other three characters. The second chapter is is sort of in the fallout of being sent back to the western continent is it starts out as breaking Cray out of prison and then uh and then sort of becomes a and then you sort of stumble into the uh 
into the knowledge that Ryu is a dragon and one of the endless, and and uh, and setting that up. And chapter three is now that we know Ryu's an endless and know about the Emperor, going to meet the Emperor directly and set and in possibly in advance of a war happening between the Eastern and Western kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And but those are basically the three phases. And but the Alina storyline is a little bit. Um, forgotten after chapter one until mm-hmm. it, until you you know end up at that exact castle where she's being held again. Yeah, exactly the in, same in, in chapter three. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there are bits that feel like you said shafted, and you do want to know more. And it feels like a shame because you know the world map is slightly disjointed, and there are these other things that are borrowed from previous games, which it it's just. There's things missing, and it's such a shame because Breath of Fire 4's world feels really rich, and they're vibrant, full of colour, full of races, characters. Each area is really, they're quite big, they're really nicely laid out, and it's just, I just wanted to spend more time finding out more about the dragons. Like, I would love to know some lore about some of the dragons, because... Mm-hmm. We brought it up in the last episode as well. They're so cool. They're so well designed and they're so various and I I, I, I love the dragon designs. Um they they don't mm. always look like dragons and which I think is is uh is good. Like the Wyvern transformation that Ryu has looks like a regular Wyvern a bipedal Wyvern. But his uh like the mutant one looks like some kind of alien baby and the behemoth one looks like a, a big rocky dragon warthog or something. Yeah. And uh I guess I might as well mention mention this now. When I started transforming into the different dragons in the second half of the game, it reminded me of Monster Hunter so much. Because <laughs> no, no, seriously, if like if you took um, a Rathalos and a Gravios, two Monster Hunter monsters, uh, and made them into uh, you know two two thousand era anime polygons, they would look like um, the Wyvern and the Behemoth transformation. So I'm wondering if some of the artists or designers on Breath of Fire 4 moved on to Monster Hunter when Cap- uh, when you know Capcom moved into the PS2 era. I have no way of knowing this uh, or proving this, but I, I like to think that there's some staff shared between those games. Well, I mean, they share money, don't they? Isn't the money in Monster Hunter the same as Breath of Fire? Um, is it is, is it Zenny in both of them? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I believe so. It is Zenny in Monster Hunter. Yeah, so but I, I thought that was that for um for all Capcom games because it's also Zenny yeah, and Mega is. Man Legends. Yeah, it is. It's shared between them, which is a really cool thing. Mm. <laughs> but but, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the dragons their di- their designs are so diverse. They I some of them look like insects. Some of them look alien. Mm. Um, cool. I like how the air dragon is sort of a big whale. Yeah. With, with uh with tusks, it's a really cool design. Yeah, I like the sea dragon because it's like a big turtle. It's a really, really big turtle. I thought it was almost like a, uh, uh, like a like a combination between a turtle and a squid, almost. <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty much. It, it was definitely very round, but it had these big tentacles. So it was like a between a turtle and an octopus, and and it was just it. All of the dragon designs are really cool. Whether mm. the they're more traditional looking like wyvern or real weird like the mud dragon, which is like a translucent mud centipede. Yeah. Um, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the way that they set up what an endless is, which we learn near the end of chapter two, is that uh, they're beings or gods that are summoned into being by the people in this world, and they have great power, and they have the power to shape the world and change the world, and 
do, do endless become dragons after they like retire or do they just are they sort of dragons and non-dragons because even the endless that the, the dragon endless that you meet do have like humanoid forms sort of because um, they, they have like human-sized versions that you meet and then when you summon them they're big dragons or you know turtles or trees or whatever that's how i interpreted it i think because you have well they're they're dragons and non-dragons possibly because deus has never been so deus is mm -hmm. um inside of urshan for the most part of all of chapter one and most of chapter two and then you find out that urshan has had an endless trapped inside of he she um for the whole of the well for most of the game and deus is human but she doesn't have a physical form she says she's lost it and i'd imagine that the way that she comes across is I'm... basically Sorry. And I, I should mention, um, Deus is in the other Breath of Fire games. She's uh, ah, she, she's yes, uh, she, she she's playable in one and two, but her name is Blue or Blayu maybe. <laughs> uh, and she's she's not human. She's a Naga, so she has like a, a snake body and then the upper torso of a woman. Ooh. And I uh, I I know she's in Breath of Fire three as a master, but I don't I don't I uh, I know that from reading things elsewhere and not from playing and not from getting far in Breath of Fire three. Yeah. So, uh, having her as an endless, I think, is a is a very cool choice by the Breath of Fire four writers, and mm. um, <laughs> just uh, let's uh, we'll talk. I want to talk more about Urshan, but um, for now, let's mm -hmm. stay on this endless thing. So, yeah. um, endless basically are gods invoked by rituals from people in the world of Breath of Fire four, and Ryu and Folu are two halves of the Yorai dragon, which is maybe the strongest endless ever. Yes, that's right. Um, I was gonna say while I was just um, Sorry, going through stuff. But before, no, I, no, before I interrupted you, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, there was a kind of train of trail of thought that I had while I was talking. Um, because actually, all of the summoning dragons that you have, so like the wind dragon, the grass dragon, they all have dragon forms, but they also have like. Um, bipedal forms. Yeah, and they—they're—they're they, 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 they're, they're weird looking. Uh, yeah, basically, basically weird, all of like... them. But uh, yeah, but, but um... yeah, you you first meet them in their bipedal form, or well, hmm. no, no, not always, but there there's a gathering of all of the of all of their bipedal forms after you meet the wind dragon. You be he basically calls all of his buddies and you talk to them and they're like, all right, if you find us, we'll agree to help you. Yeah, so I wonder whether dragon is just a term to describe the physical manifestation of the entirety of the god's power i think that's if you understand what i mean so it's like this is me not powerful in human inverted commas form and then when they're a dragon then it's their actual form with their powers unleashed and everything I, that's, I, okay yeah that might be maybe that's what i'm thinking because obviously because the dragons have two different forms is they can't be both but so the thing is, is, we never get the whole explanation because Deus is never... Like, what happens to Deus at the end of the game? Is she just going to sit inside Urshan? We don't know. We don't know whether she's going to get her body back. We don't know whether she has another form. And it's never really skirted around. And Ryu, even though he... Obviously things happen at the end and we'll get to the end. Um, and depending on what you do at the end of the game as well. Um, he changes briefly, but not for very long. And it's only very minor. So I would have definitely liked some more on that because I do like the idea of the endless or this mystical group of people. Yeah, and honestly, um 
uh, if the Breath of Fire series had continued and they stayed, you know, consistent with the mythology of Breath of Fire 4, the idea of Ryu being a new endless in the world and starting, like, every game that way and just, you know, and saving the world or changing the world uh, as sort of an endless and, like, the larger mythology of Breath of Fire being these endlesses, uh, endlesses <laughs> passing between yeah. worlds, I think is kind of awesome. Yeah, like like, really. like I mean, in the way where like the Xenoblade games are about worlds being created and destroyed, and uh, and are ostensibly fit in the same universe that way. If if Breath of Fire had done that and made the Endless part of the larger mythology of of all of the games, that is fascinating to me because the the idea of you know it, it adds stakes to it when you think of the story as you know clashes between the gods. That are and the gods are so powerful that they can pass between worlds. Is I I don't know. It, it's just it is all very cool to me, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I would have liked if there was more dragons in the game, more endlesses. I mean, more time uh, controlling Fo Lu. There's yeah. I I just wanted more out of Breath of Fire, and I and I mm-hmm. and near the beginning of the episode, I posited the question to you: Did this game uh, feel short to you? And it, the reason I asked that was because I 100% believe it. I think that there's empty space in the map in this game, and the and uh, there's uh, both the world and the characters and the sort of greater story all seems like there was more room to work around in. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted this game to be bigger and longer, which is usually not the case for retro encounter games. Usually, when I'm when it's like two days before we record an episode, and I'm trying to beat the final boss. I wish these retro encounter games were shorter, and this was the this was the opposite of that. I think so. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Usually, we have instances where we're like, no, we want it to end. There's no real nothing really bad about Breath of Fire Four either. I don't think there's anything I outright dislike about it too much. Maybe niggles, but. I oh, just yeah. didn't want it to end. Like, it's quite surprised when you get to the end of the game and it doesn't peter out per se, but the final moments are you going into the capital and then you just kind of walk into the temple and the, it just kind of mulls along towards the end. Through the whole thing, but I just wish there was more of it, really. I'm in the same boat as you, even yeah. having played it before. I mean, I mean, it's probably because you and I have played a lot of Japanese RPGs, and we're <laughs> u- and we're used to lengthy epic finales or dungeons that take hours, yeah, or, um, or 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 this... games that even last sixty plus hours. And this is this has none of those things. It has a lot of great JRPG stuff in it, but it all feels like truncated versions of those things, or at least at times. Yeah, it does. Um, especially this year, where nearly every JRPG has been sixty plus hours and. It's yeah, geez, nice I to mean, play something that's really different. And in 2017, people may have played a Persona 5 or a Xenoblade Chronicles 2, <laughs> or a uh, oh I don't know um or a Nier Automata, know. and all and all of those are in in the like 80 plus range. I think I think Nier's a little bit less uh, a little shorter than Nier's shorter yeah, than Nier's Persona. Or, yeah, but it's like. As RPG fans, we're conditioned to having these long epic games, and Breath of Fire 4 is is shorter, but feels like it should be longer, which mm. is uh, which is not a feeling I'm used to having. Because like uh like like you know games that are short are usually action games that end before they really wear out their welcome. Like uh yeah. you know like 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 Portal is sort of a perfect five hour game, and uh, 
and if it had been too much longer, it, it, people might have gotten bored with it. But with with this game, I'm with Breath of Fire Four. I thought it could have been longer, and one one other reason that that I think we've touched on but haven't gone deep into is I really like the six main characters of this game, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're shortchanged. Like uh, like Skius only has one really story moment, and that is one real story moment, and that's early in chapter two, or no, no around halfway through chapter two, where mm-hmm. he decides to um to stop serving the uh, Ludian minister that that uh, that's trying to stop you or kill you. He, th- he throws the money back at the minister and becomes a permanent party member from there on. And But after that, he has almost no meaningful dialogue. He's just a quiet yeah. member of your party that maybe chimes in during a story moment. For sure. And Ursula is very similar, who is the mm-hmm. last party member you get at the beginning of Chapter 3. She is your gateway into the capital, but all she does really is kind of prove that she's um I know Cray has like kind of Cray and everybody kind of pokes fun at her because she's so serious. She has a fear of ghosts as well, and she just doesn't really get any time until like the end of chapter four when her uncle is or grandfather is dying. That's the only kind of moment that she gets. And Yeah, and and, it, and she's but she's fun when you have her. Like she has a you know, yeah. like serious military lady personality, which is you know, you can you can find characters like that in other RPGs and uh and anime, I suppose. But like she has a um a distinctive look. She's um good in battle. Like uh one that we mentioned how good the character animations are in the previous episode. Her running animation is lower to the ground and like and uh and sort of more more fox like or dog like than others. Yeah. So so like it it, it communicates a, a different you know feeling for how her character moves, and. And when she does have dialogue, uh, she's very likable. Like I, I think we could have spent more time with Ursula. And mm. I think maybe one of the most unique, maybe the most unique character in the game is Urshan, who is a robot housing a goddess. And when you realize this, the uh, and the goddess temporarily leaves the robot. The robot has retained enough power to have its own personality. And you realize that you've been misunderstanding the robot. And when the robot calling itself Urshan is really using the word Urshan, which means master in another language, and referring to the goddess. Yeah. It's and and sometimes later in the game, when Deus has something to say, Urshan will stay up and and uh, Deus's portrait will pop up and will say something, and then Urshan says, "So says Urshan." <laughs> and it, it's like I, I I could have used more dialogue from all of those characters. Uh, Skius, Ursula, and Urshan I think get less story uh, screen time than um, than Nina, Cray, and Ryu. Mm-hmm. But I liked them so much that I I think I, I would have given a dedicated subplot to each of them in the second half of the game. I th- I would have been a hundred percent fine with that. Yeah, you'd normally get that, wouldn't you? It's right. almost mm-hmm. like you're expecting it. You're expecting, especially when you get to the Western continent, the Asian side of the game, it's like you want something with Ursula, or you want to know why Skiers is following you, like, and you want to know what's Ursula going to do after, you know, depending on what ending you get, what is Ursula, what is Ursula going to do? So it's kind of. Yeah, you just want more from them, and all they I are want- a delightful bunch. Yeah, all I wanted was a like samurai stare down showdown between <laughs> Skius and like a former master or former rival. Yes. Yeah. That right. Been so good. I that I would have been I would have been all over that. I would have been jumping up and down, holding my Vita, playing that. But mm-hmm. uh, but instead, Skius is a almost a non participant in the second half of the story. Yeah. Um, 
and but so. because but because I think these character designs are cool and these and the the character moments we do get out of them are good. It, I, I wanted more and um and and I even like Ursula even though she's a uh, she you don't even meet her until the beginning of chapter three. Mm. There's their personalities crafted by the design and the way that they move and all their mm. interactions, which is really clever. And the fact that we do love them as much as we do even though they don't get the screen time they deserve, is really a credit, I think. But yeah. it's a shame as well. It's just disappointing. And, and it's, not, it's not only in dialogue and character design. It's, like you said, it's, it's how they move. They have, the, they have different running animations and different battle animations that, uh, that really communicate personality. That is, I mean, it's a short list of games that are really good at doing that. Like, you, you have your chrono triggers of the world with just outstanding sprite work that, um, that, that create a cast that feels... Uh, diverse and likable, but like, Breath of Fire 4's um, art and designs and animations improve everything around them. It, mm. Like, and sometimes it's even funny. This, this game has an amusing sense of humor. Sometimes, you know those uh, those big sort of bulbous floating heads called gongs or gong heads. Yeah. Those when you whenever you hit one of them with a physical attack, they like blow up to double their normal size and go all bug-eyed and, and flicker. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's like, the, even the enemy um, attack animations and reaction to animations are so rich and cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And it is such a shame. It's so... This game is great, but it should be epic. And it it, yeah. it, it could be epic with, you know, if they, uh, I'm, I'm sure they just ran out of money or were uh, eager to start working on their next project or something. Uh, and we even mentioned in the previous episode that they reuse a lot of Breath of Fire three assets and systems. And Which, I, it's, yeah, it's and, and, fine, and isn't there only yeah. like one? Isn't there only one year between Breath of Fire three and four in, in terms I of believe, release dates? I believe so. Um, they did want to get it out as soon as possible, and I know there was a rush development, and there's a rush localization as well. So mm. you know how just going into it, um, you know how when you use Ryu's dragon transformations and they have spells. Yes. Those those magic spells, the elemental ones, are Korean. They're yeah, not yeah, English. They, they, yeah. They use they, they use um. They just uh, they, they use the the Korean word for dragon in the names mm. of the other endless. That's right. Yeah, and so, um, they left it in. They wanted to translate it, but because of time, they thought we'll leave it for authenticity. So it's like, just you know, it, it's just tiny little things like that that make you think that Capcom were a little bit pressed for time and. They wanted to just get something out of the gate before, because it comes out relatively late in the PS1's life cycle as well. It's like very near the end. It's yeah. the last. I year mean, really. I mean, how crazy was the year 2000 for RPGs? Crazy. Uh, Chrono like, Cross came out as well. Chrono year. Cross, FF9, Skies of Arcadia. I mean, that was the whole oh, summer yeah. summer of RPG for Square. So they had the. Uh, that's also so. That's also the Legend of Mana and Threads of Fate year. But oh, but wow. yeah, um, uh, like you know you had um. The PS2 and FF10 on the horizon, and just a bunch of games dropping at once. This, this 2000 seemed like sort of a last hurrah year for the PS1. Yeah. So, and, and that's 100% why I didn't why I didn't play this when it came out because um, I I bought a PS1 in 2000. I, which, <laughs> I was I was a late adopter, and I was eager to get to all these RPGs. And Breath of Fire 4 wasn't even on my radar because there were so many I was eager to get to. Yeah, it did come out late, and I remember it being my last PS1 RPG, so... Yeah, I, I, I just... It frustrates me. I want more out of Breath of Fire 4, but I love what it's got, and I think I understand 
why I love it so much because I know it can be so much more and I can come up with ideas and things like that but it's beloved by the fans like three and four are often they're pretty much hand in hand the best two and there's no like better or worse answer out of the two of them and this you... is so much better than breath of fire 2 like breath of fire breath of fire <laughs> 2 is an okay super nintendo rpg and um but has a lot of caveats and annoying parts and breath of fire 4 is just top to bottom way better mm-hmm. and um then sure. <laughs> now we're, we're doing a little bit of we're a little bit gushy this episode because <laughs> both of <laughs> I, both of us have very recently finished it um i i i finished it last night in fact pretty late last night if you if you look at uh if my twitter if it i, I tweeted the breath of fire 4 thing at about 3 a.m because that's when it that's when it happened um yeah. but uh putting aside how much we like this uh we did mention that in the previous episode this game is dense with mini games and with sort of side systems to engage in hmm. and i i don't um, and I mentioned I didn't do any fishing in the fir- in the first chapter of the game. I, I did some later because the-, the game makes you fish a few times. That's when I learned how to fish, in, like in the middle of chapter three. But um, the systems are optional and sometimes so ancillary that I – or uh, not ancillary, more, more like auxiliary – that I didn't even find them or cared to engage in them. Like, no, exactly. Like, like fishing is almost totally optional. I think you have to catch one fish in the in the tidal flats area to get the uh, the plot moving along. Yeah. And uh, but it's it's all optional, but powerful. Like the rewards for fishing are, are very very high, and um, there's a whole system of finding fairies to uh, live in the fairy village that you liberate in chapter two. And I, I didn't. I talked to the fairy at my base and told the fairies, "Oh, you, you two work on farming and you work on building." And that was the end of my engagement with the fairy village system. <laughs> did you only do it once? Then? I did it once, and it's like I, I, ah. I, I, I don't know the, how, what kind of rewards this will yield later, but I'm just not going to deal with this. And uh, the yeah. whole, and the whole skill system that we did talk about last time, how you can learn skills from enemies by defending and observing. There's, I, I, uh, I, I didn't abandon it, but I, I basically. I did much more skill learning in the first half than the second half because I was able to get by with my team's natural skills for the most part. Yeah, it's they're not needed, that's the thing. And, like, the fairy side quest does get you some good items. Like, I think you can do some trading with them later on. Um, I did some of it, and I built a few houses and plots of land and did a fair amount. I think I had about 70 or... Um, I think you can have quite a few fairies. I'm pretty sure I had over 50 fairies. What? Least. Yeah, you can have loads. They just... I went back into my base at one point. I thought, I, thought the, I thought there was only going to be like eight because of the size of the menu. <laughs> no, you have like a good number. I might only be like 20 to 30, but okay. I have a load. So I went back in one day. The way you get them is by setting them to do the right objectives. And also when you're wandering around, if you go into some of the areas on the maps and question where question marks pop up, occasionally there'll be a fairy that's being attacked by enemies. And what you have to do is kill the oh, enemies. Oh, I did find yeah. one of those, but I, but yeah, I, I, I thought I thought I was gonna get just doing it for food, because yeah, so it, you... oh. I, I thought I thought it was a hunting mini game because the the fairy even said, oh, if you kill them in one hit in one hit, the meat will be better. And it's like, oh, this is just for food. Well, whatever. I'm getting out of here. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I so I didn't save the fairy. Oh, so if you give them the food, then I think they multiply and there's more fairies. Because you're helping them hunt, basically. So. So that's how fairy yes. reproduction works. They. Exactly, ribs. Mm. I I do like ribs. 
like with like a nice Memphis dry rub on them. Oh yeah. Do, do they have a, do they have a lot of American barbecue in the UK? I really have no idea. No, not too much. I That's think too bad. it's getting big in London, but yeah, it's not. It's it'll come down here eventually, and if I'm in London, I'll hunt some down next time I'm around. Or well, I'll just it, come and find some in America when yeah, I come over. Yeah, if you if you visit America and I and you and I are in the same town, I'm 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 gonna find good barbecue for you. Hopefully, find good barbecue. Okay, uh, that would work. But but anyway, um, so back to uh. Very, back to some of the systems in place, uh, there's also a spell combo system, which is probably the optional thing I engaged the most in, because I mm. I casted Seamoon by going Burn into Cyclone or Fire Blast into Cyclone probably a yeah. hundred times. Yeah, Because, sure. uh, like, once I, I... And I think I even described the spells combo system in, inaccurately in the previous episode. It's it's casting... Uh, the, the order of cycle of spells is Fire to Wind to water, to earth, back to fire. Mm -hmm. And um, and you can... And the other elements are like sort of like explosions, then lightning, then I guess uh, mud slides. <laughs> and, 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 then, uh, and then like eruptions. Yeah, so one's like, it's lightning. Oh god. Casting so wind, wind and then water is lightning. Water, then earth is like a mudslide avalanche thing. Then uh, earth, yeah. and, earth and fire is like volcanic eruptions. And yeah, fire then fire then wind is explosions and and um by the end of the game I was using Giga Flare almost every single fight that had more than one enemy. Yeah, definitely. It's almost mandatory, especially towards the end of the game where it, you it's, know, it was great. I I love it. It's the only. It's um. It's almost like an easier to use version of the uh, of the combined skills in Persona Two. Which isn't a, a, yeah. like like uh, I I like those in Persona Two and the and if anything this is communicated more clearly and easier, but uh, yes, but spell combos are great and um, I probably should have done more skill hunting because I know there's powerful stuff I missed out on because I was I mean I still had Cray mostly using regular attacks against like end game bosses. Oh, I did. I didn't use Cray <laughs> very much apart from well I'd say buffing, but yes. most of the end game bosses have sanctuary which wipes out buffs so by the end of it he just became like if i was running out of ap i would just yeah. swap him in to yeah, be so, a swap him in i would swap him in have him do regular attacks while yeah. uh um while skius or ursula was or was having their ap being restored because all of the ap restoring items which are super rare there are no, <laughs> there are none of them no. um th those are all for reused dragons and yeah. uh fairies yeah, oh, that's and, where you get them from. Oh, that's oh damn, get. that's oh. Duh. So <laughs> I should I should have done the damn fairy village so I could get some wisdom fruit or something. Well, I didn't have that many either because I just didn't really think about it. And then when I got to the final boss, I thought, okay, I'll be all right. And to be honest, I just swapped everybody in and out. I used the fruit maybe once on Ryu and then used one on Nina because her healing spells at that point. She gets a really good healing spell at level thirty-nine, I think, which uses fifty AP. I think I think really I, I think anyone. I literally beat the game with her at level thirty-eight, so I never I never got to use <laughs> that. But yeah, um, so yeah, the wisdom fruit thing is a bit of fr frustrating, but at least we discussed at length last episode. There's a really useful recharge. Thing, which is very useful mm. oh, in no, extremely long boss fights. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the recharge thing makes a lot more sense. I think I would have liked it if the uh, if the recharged AP would be saved permanently, but I think that might have been too powerful. Then you mm. then you wouldn't have you would never need AP healing items in dungeons ever if you could do that. But for no. boss fights, it is so important. It's very important. Um, uh, it's a really neat system. 
but it's and not. and uh, and it really got me to appreciate Urshan in the second half of the game because Urshan's like the worst character in the first half. It's uh, she doesn't do anything as well as any other character, but in the second half of the game, she learns four level three spells and she yes. recharges a and she recharges AP faster than every other character. She's so you can, so good. So you can just pop her in and out, use powerful magic willy nilly, and it only takes two turns for her to get ready to cast those spells again. So yeah. I would use Urshan to like absorb damage while uh, while I was trying to heal or protect Ursula or um, or Skius or Ryu. And then, uh, it, yeah, like, like, the 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 combat mechanics and the and the skill mechanics and the spell combos and all the different characters interact in a way that I, like I I want to play more games like this. It was every, <laughs> like when all the systems come together, it is so fun um, doing uh, doing even normal encounters. I I didn't really get sick of random encounters in this game, which is a which is a uh, something that I get annoyed with easily. I mean, I'm playing games in 2017. I think re the random encounter system is antiquated and sometimes and sometimes really damages my enjoyment of a game. But the, uh, unless there's, you know, a smart implication of it, like Bravely Default letting you turn them off or on. Mm -hmm. But uh, with with this, like, like, the regular combat was so much fun and none of the dungeons were really slogs, so random encounters didn't even bother me. Like, this game made me appreciate random encounters more, which is, which is <laughs> insane. If you have good combat, then I think it's a plus. And plus, the it's quite regulated as well compared to some examples that we could give that have much higher rates. But oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, shoot, I, I just mentioned Persona Two a few minutes ago. That's oh yeah, uh, that game is really hurt by its uh, um, high random encounter rate, but not so much Breath of Fire Four. No, that's, that's a good thing with the combo system as well. Um, it's not just about mixing elements together. And one thing I did for the final bosses, if you cast three um, spells of the same element, they get stacking damage. So if you cast the best fire spell oh. with Urshin, then do the best fire spell with Ursula. It gets an extra hit for like 300 extra damage. Oh, and then, okay. I've, I, I noticed that happen with healing spells sometimes. If I cast yeah. healing spells twice in a row, there'd be a kick, there'd be like an extra. I thought that was like a critical okay. hit, but that, that comes no. from spell combos. It does come from spell combos, and you can top it up as well by casting one of like Ryu's dragon forms, fire spells, which will get an extra two hits. I wish so... I had known that because I would, I, I would have, <laughs> uh, I would have one hundred percent spammed fire spells on on some of the late game bosses. The final bosses are all like water based, so it's really, really useful. You just burn through a lot of most end. of them are. I, th I think um the water, the uh, the ice lion buddy of his definitely is water. Yeah, but the, the last but... dragon is as well because yeah, it's oh, um, right. so low. But the, the the death dog, I think was I think was Earth element. Oh, maybe I don't you, know. You know, you know who I'm talking about with the ice line and the death dog, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember their names. They're they're very cool boss designs. And they it, are. And if anything, I I thought it was so it was almost sweet when uh um, like like cute kind of sweet when uh when Folu, when uh during different Folu segments, the lion is greeting him at his tomb. And uh, the dog greets him when he visits the capital for the first time. It's like, oh man, I I, I want to go on an adventure with Folu and his two buddies. <laughs> yeah, that was it... so good. Mm -hmm. I think <laughs> let's try, let's go on to Folu now because okay, he's got some really 
There's a, he has probably the best character arc in the entire game. His arc is great. <laughs> I, I wanted more out of Folu. I, I, I mentioned how he was probably my favorite character in the previous episode, and it only went even further in that direction playing the rest of the game. Uh, mm. For all the same reasons we mentioned before. Like, his design is cool, his movements are stylish, and his... Uh, and it's fun, you know, playing with a level 60 character when your main team is level 15 or whatever. Mm. But, uh, like, and, and, and his his arc is so crazy, he's immediately being hunted by the uh, descendants of the kingdom he founded right when he, um, when, he wakes, when he wakes up in his tomb. And it's unclear why at first, but really it's, uh, but, um, this might be skipping ahead a little bit. Like, why do you think the, uh... Um, the the people of the empire, like immediately wanted to kill Folu. Was it because they were afraid of how powerful he was, or they were unwilling to give up their power, or was it more of a philosophical thing? They didn't want to be. They they wanted to you know they wanted freedom and not to be under the thumb of a god. Um. So if I remember, going back to chapter two, the end of chapter two, where the uh, Yore dragon is explained, right. there's two halves to it. So one half is going to save the world and the other half is going to destroy the world. Oh, okay. So okay. Ryu I, I and Folu are one and the other. So Folu is the half that they suspect is the half that's going to kill the world, basically. I see. Okay, and... so alright, I, I I glossed over that part of the Yorei Dragon <laughs> prophecy, I think. Because I, I was under the impression that um, that they were going to unite and then sort of decide. And Folu decided that humans were... Uh, were unworthy because of how his how the empire treated him and because of what happens to Mammy. Yeah, so that's essentially what happens at the end of the game because I think because I, so I, I I thought I thought maybe Folu was a benevolent dragon and was just an all powerful god, or or, or I, okay, well I'll rephrase. I thought at um, um through most of the game I thought Folu is a super powerful dragon god and. Uh, would and would eventually, you know, either rule over the humans or judge them, but then g ends up judging them because of how horrible he, uh, he sees they are. But mm. I, I guess, I guess, destruction was in his nature from the beginning, and I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Um, okay. Kind of. It doesn't come across though, does it? Because, like you said, many people think like root for Folu because of. You know, the Empire's hunting him because they want his power, they don't want him to destroy the world kind of thing. They're scared of that. And, 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 and I, th I think the people, ru the ruling class of the Empire doesn't want to give up power as well. No, exactly. And so he's humanized quite a lot, especially through Chapter 2. And you mentioned Mami, and the Mami sequence with Folu is kind of touching and it's kind of not It's adorable. Limited. It's so cute, isn't it? Um, But... It's kind of hinted on that they have some kind of a relationship and he is she's really defensive of him. She will lie through her teeth to get him saved. And I th I think she is I think she's she's straight up um infatuated with him and definitely. he and he is it's hard to tell if he reciprocates her or not, but at least yeah. but 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 at least appreciates her helping him and uh yeah. and has and has and uh and has some sympathy and affection for her at least i don't i don't know how much i want to look into this i'll i might have to publish some uh yeah. some folu slash mammy fan fiction later but <laughs> uh but what happens to her where where um her home is seized by the emperor and then they sacrifice her to their to their curse canon empowered by human souls oh <laughs> oh I mean, like and they fire it directly at Folu as well. Yeah. 
which is so up until the point where he meets mommy he doesn't like humans he does want to destroy it but that moment where he's staying with mommy and she's reco- like, well, like and the bit with um, bunyan as well so like all the time that the humans are trying to look after him and that he's trying to push them away but at the same time he's kind of having this crisis of hang on a minute not all humans are the same mm-hmm. and then when obviously he's hit by the hex cannon and fused by mommy that bit he is where he because he starts laughing or something like that and that he's like, nope, I was right all along. I gotta wipe all these humans out. All right, t- let's let's go to the capital t- and kick some ass. Um, oh, how yeah, how, how satisfying was it to tear through the uh um those last couple of enemies before you meet the emperor? Amazing. Well, so that's the thing. Like your goal <laughs> for most Ryu's goal for most of the game, or some of the game, is essentially the same as Folu's because you both don't want the empire. To take power you don't want the empire to win the war so fo lu is effectively taking out that entire well he's taken out the entire castle he kills the king he kills all the soldiers he yeah, destroys you, I, I don't the think, entire town um i, I don't th- at least in the version we played i don't think you see him kill the emperor because I I, I I i i um i don't remember where I, where i read this i think i was looking up some other stuff and and some guide or some forum post mentioned the uh a, a cut scene uh, not a cutscene, a removed scene, <laughs> a cut space scene, <laughs> um, <laughs> where, uh, where, because uh, in the version that we played, we see the emperor like pretend to um, cede power to Folu, but then he's like surprise, and he stabs Folu with a sword, and then it like cuts to black, and you're back with Ryu again. But I think there was a scene of of Folu straight up murdering the emperor after that. Yeah, he decapitates him. <laughs> well, now I'm furious. We don't get that scene because that sounds yeah. awesome. He full-on decapitates him. He just slices his head off. It's really quite Does he remove? Does he remove the sword from his own body to do that? I can't remember. I've seen it. Is I that... watched it at the point after I did that story sequence, and it was a few weeks ago now, but mm. yeah. Um, they I gotta, I gotta YouTube that on the Japanese version or something, because I, that, uh, mm. that, 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 that's, I was wondering, I mean, because in the version we played, we see the Emperor stab him, and then it fades to black, so I thought, oh, later are we gonna see like Folu in jail or something because that, that doesn't end with Folu winning. <laughs> no, exactly. But when you know the how, you know the censorship in it, then yeah. you know that he's dead. So See, this is the kind of censorship that does make me upset. I I don't I don't care very much about um about language censorship that doesn't change the meaning of the uh that meaning the meaning of the conversation or mm-hmm. image censorship that isn't that uh, doesn't change the meaning of the game, like like w- when they changed all the crosses to tridents in the uh, old Dragon Quest um, localization censorships. I don't I don't think that's meaningful, or yeah. um, or or changing a character's costume. I think most of the time is not meaningful. But cutting an actual scene that seems important for the plot, that's the person the censorship I don't prefer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if they'd like redone it just to show him stabbing him, would have been fine. Like. I kind of understand the removal of the decapitation, but you're losing out an important story segment because, like you said, you interpreted it that Folu would be in prison. Yeah. That would change the context of the story. I, I interpreted that of him losing or being captured. Yeah, exactly. And it's quite a big thing. Like, you said all the other instances that you don't mind, like, censorship, and there's a lot of that in Breath of Fire 4 because there yeah. is a scene earlier on to jump back um you remember the bit where you're getting on the ship with um ursula and nina and they have to go inside the mm-hmm. bottom um so before that the um 
the captain of the ship or some of the crew members say to them, um, you need to prove your manhood. And Ursula drops her trousers down ah! to prove that she has balls. And it's like... Wait, wait, wait. Ursula... Wait, wait, wait. But Ursula is a man? Yeah, no. Exactly. I was like, okay, I don't have the physical balls, but I have the metaphorical balls to yeah. do, to perform this action. I am a woman, but I will do this. I'm proving you my womanhood. <laughs> right, okay, okay, no, no, that, that's, a bad, that's a badass scene that I wish was not cut, but from the way you phrased it, I was a little bit confused about as to <laughs> Ursula's sex for just a second. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but no, I follow you now. Um, yeah, I, I, that's another scene I wish would stay in the game, because that is great. Ah, that's quite cool, isn't it? I mean, I don't know whether I love it, the idea of it, but... It's an interesting thing because it does prove that she is willing to do anything to get back to the capital. Um, I guess the only other one that's worth pointing out—we've already talked about Skiss's alcohol. Right. I, like I, I don't. I don't think that's a meaningful change. I mean, having him be no stammering and awkward is isn't so bad. Although I would I would have enjoyed a drunk samurai dog. I guess. Why wouldn't you like drunk samurai dog? Mm -hmm. Um, but there's three another things, three things I love right there: drunk samurai dog. <laughs> But um, in the same town, you might remember this because some of it isn't censored out. So there's a scene where Ryu puts his hand up and it touches Ursula's chest. And in the Japanese version, there's some dialogue that acknowledges it. And Ursula's like, oh, my God, get off me. Oh, but it's completely taken out. It just I, happens. And there's I, don't, no I don't even remember that. Um, no, it's such a minor thing. Yeah. But it's, it's strange. Some of the like say that maybe if you're going to cut out the dialogue cut out the accidentally touching thing but yeah like i think the folu decapitation is probably the one scene that does really change a lot and is a really big omission from the developers there's so many ways you could have changed it like i'm sure there are even if they another... had it if they had it like fade to black or if, if they had um uh, I, I I don't even know. A, like, even like, a noise. Yeah, even it, like a sound, like a scream. Yeah, like like a fade to black with a noise, or fade to black and then just a a dialogue box or something, just to yeah. just to at least help explain what ha what's happening, because it it, uh, it 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 was an important om omission and um, it confused me a little bit. But I it was made clear shortly afterwards that oh no, Folu's uh, is tearing up the capital. So I guess he's I guess he's not captured or dead. No. But uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, discussing censorship in video games is a bit of a um, a hot button topic uh, the past year or two, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to get into a discussion about that. But I, I, th I think that the censorship in Breath of Fire Four, especially with that scene, is it, it changes the meaning a little bit too much. That I wish that the the censorship job was not quite as strict. Yeah. So... In this case. I don't believe that the Japanese, that the Japanese studio that made the game actually knew. No, so no, no, no. It, it, it wouldn't have been them. It would be the, it would be the localizers or maybe the, uh, the worldwide publisher. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I've not read the interview, but Makoto Ikehara, which I think is, um, I think she's involved or he's involved with producing or making the game or something quite high up in the development team. They were brought to their attention and there's an interview in a magazine about it. So, I'm not sure how they felt about it. I mean, like you said, they're quite major emissions and they do change the meaning of things. So I would like to go and read that. I never got time to do it beforehand. Like completely slipped my mind, actually. 
I might look into that later, but I'm I'm not sure. Uh, but when we're talking about Folu and the capital, let's let's go into chapter four a little. Wait, no, no, let's go to the end of chapter three because, um, chapter three is mostly the characters traveling on the western half of the map, um, mm. taking the long way around because the teleporting uh, magic box got destroyed at the end of chapter one. Uh, it, it's basically just traveling through a bunch of towns while Folu is active near the capital and eventually reaching the capital. But um, before d doing that, we mentioned this before, but they finally come to a head on the Alina storyline, right uh, Right before you challenge Folu. That's right. Because in a sort time? of a, in a building in one of the uh, western towns, you meet up with Yuna, the creepy mad scientist of the kingdom, <laughs> And uh, realize he's been experimenting on Elena to try to transform her into an artificial endless that could yeah, possibly face Folu. You already hate Yuna at this point because yeah. he's such a chicken. Mm -hmm. Like the one he throws you in jail the first time, and then when Folu comes up to him, he agrees um, with the Emperor that I will give my life for you, basically, and then proceeds to fight Folu with a summon creature and then run away. And they're like, and. He never makes appearance again until this section where Ryu and Ko jump, um, bump into him in a town. But you do hate him, and this bit especially, because he's like, no, Nina's not in there. And he's initially like, Nina's not there. And then he's Elena, like, no, Nina, Nina is there. Oh, not Nina, Elena. Um, yeah, it's so confusing. Rhyming names. Um, but Parents, please don't give all of your children rhyming names or, alliter <laughs> or alliterative names, because it's not cute. It's annoying. It's confusing. <laughs> but... Yeah, so he, like, misleads you, and then it's like, no, she's in there, but, uh, you know, she's perfect. And they go in, and she's laying on the bed, and Cray, who you find out loves her, goes up to I, her. I, I thought it was communicated early that he was in love with Elena. A little bit, isn't it? It's on the island, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or you at least get suggestions of it, because people back in um, the wind Windia, mm. they say that she's engaged to somebody she, but, she's engaged to the prince of Ludia, and Ludia, which yeah. I, I, I at first thought was the good kingdom, turns out they're just a, they're basically not that much different from the empire. The, the, no. um, uh, I don't know if you even meet the prince of Ludia. Maybe he's in the castle somewhere, and I just, or you do meet him, and I forget. But the big surprise to me was that Nina's in love with Cray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's like, I think I love Cray, but I'm pretty sure Cray loves my sister. And then when she says that, uh, Ryu does like the anime pratfall faint animation. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's really shocked by it. Well, yeah, because it's it's a big difference. Like Nina is normally linked with Ryu, I think. And I think Ryu well, likes Nina, which uh, someone mentions later in the game, and it, yeah, it, it, it makes both of them blush because they're you know anime teenagers. Oh yeah, don't they say like, oh, your wife come in, your wife or something? And it's it's in the weird village with all the like, what are they? The then I want to say gnomes, but they're not. They're like. They're like miniature Captain Caveman's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh oh um yeah exactly. The, the all the, the that's a fine way to put it. All the multicolored miniature Captain Caveman's, mm. uh, where they um like oh my wife says that your wife is quite pretty too, Ryu. And Nina's like oh yeah. no 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 we're not married. And then later <laughs> and then later in the game I think, uh I think maybe maybe when in that uh checkpoint where you meet Yuna. Um, someone says, oh, it's okay, Nina's got Ryu wrapped around her finger, and, and Ryu's like, haha, and Nina's like, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> but so it's, it's, whatever. I thought that was the natural romantic pairing, but when, uh, Nina mm. mentions that she's in love with Cray, I was, that was a surprise to me. Mm. But then you really get a feel for it 
in that scene, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the scene with Elena is heartbreaking. And I, I, I thought that I, – I figured that something was wrong with Elena from the beginning uh, once you mm. see her. But when they pull the covers down and there's the hole going through the entire – uh, the entire building, and it turns out that all the weird organs and bones and stuff that you traveled through were part of her. That was, oof, that that was yeah. a uh, that was a little unpleasant. Yeah, the organ dungeons. What is it with organ dungeons? I don't know. There's so many of them. Doesn't Digital Devil Saga have an organ dungeon, or at least I don't know. Um, I feel like I don't know. I don't remember one there. I wonder if a Shimigami Tensor game does because it should do because it feels perfect. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that's that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like when you go to because it's like underground the um, training facility or the um, somewhere in that um, city. is it Atana Astana 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 yeah yeah mm. yeah where the hex cannon is and you go underneath and you already feel something's off because there are bits of meat lying around or flesh in the like underground bit. And then yeah. when you go through it's, it's, that it's like door, a grimy it's like a grimy dungeon that has sort of like science experiments and zombies around so it, it's a it's a very creepy vibe already yeah and and and, and Yuna sort of reminds me of hojo from uh Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 because exactly. he yeah, because he's a uh, you know a completely unscrupulous scientist that is uh that is slimy and unpleasant and you and you sort of want to kick to beat him up but at least you get a boss fight against hojo yeah, you don't with Yuna, which is... He lives! He's in the final moments of the game. It's ridiculous. I wanted so the what? moment where Cray takes his giant club like a baseball bat and just, you know, just lays into Yuna. I needed that, but we never yeah. got it. No, no, no catharsis at all. No, and I'll get to catharsis and what he says later because I want to talk about the ending kind of as one wrapped thing, but... um. Like, that whole sequence was horrible, and, like, I very vaguely remembered from the first time, and I don't remember having a particular reaction to it, but this time I was, I was crying, why not? Let's just say I was crying, because I was. <laughs> um, it was horrible, because you've spent all this time going after Alina, and yeah, like you said, I was expecting her to be not good at all, but she's not good, and not only that, she can't feel anything, she can't feel pain, she just can't move she is this thing it's not even like you know that she's a god she's an endless but and, not and in the she, sense and she asks is. and she asks uh Kray to murder her in the most polite way possible and yeah with the dragon sword that you get off of yuna mm. which it's not it's heartbreaking because you just never see it and then the only thing you see you have to fill in the blanks yourself anyway that's not censored um Kray just walks out and I think it fades to black and it goes Nina narrates like oh um, from that moment I knew that I'd never see my sister again or something mm -hmm. oh. it's awful and you think that was the first that was the initial goal of the game and it's pales and but it is never ever ever gone back to apart from just afterwards where Cray's really sad and Nina's really sad and Urshan's trying to cheer her up and I, it's yeah, never... it's it goes back to the thing where this game feels rushed. Like they they did tie up that story thread, but it, I think it could have been elaborated upon. And there there I think there should have been some more closure with Yuna. But yeah, like it, it was it was an effective moment. Like I gasped when they when they took the covers off, and I uh, was and you know it was a a very you know emotionally manipulative in a good way. The, the way that the game make, makes you sad with the. Uh, uh, with um, 
Elena's death. But I, I felt I felt like that there was more meat there. They they could they really could have um, spent more time around that moment. But I think the payoff of like of being able to kill Yuna would have resolved it. Yes, that that that's, that's 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 missing. I agree. Yeah, it sh- would have. Yuna should have been the final boss battle of chapter three. For sure, yeah. Because like, like maybe you fight him at the castle gate or at or in uh or in the capital or something. Maybe after Death Dog, but. Mm. It, but we, you never get any of it. Um, he, it, it feels like Yuna gets away with everything, and that's quite unsatisfying. Yeah, and chapter three is the only chapter, I think, that doesn't end with a boss fight. And for such a pivotal story moment... Well, I mean, chapter two ends with an unwinnable boss fight. Um, and chapter three is... it. Um, chapter four begins basically by walking to the castle right after you beat the death dog and uh, um, Ursula's grandfather dies. Yeah, so it's... It's a really, excuse me, it's a really good story moment, but it just is left unresolved. Like, I just wanted the satisfaction of revenge. And actually, to mirror the adventure with Ryu, with um, Folu's story, that is an example of humans being horrible in what Yuna does. Or not humans, humanity, let's say, because Yuna is a grass runner. Um, so it's just like in those moments, you kind of understand again why Fo Lu feels the way that he does, and it's it's awful. Like to think that if more things had happened like that to Ryu, could he have gone through the same development? I mean, again, it depends on the ending because there are two endings to this game. So, yeah, I mean, if if Ryu had been hunted and had only met bad people after landing, could he have joined with Fo Lu and then and they both happily end humanity? But instead, he met Nina, who is who is very, you know, pure and kind-hearted, <laughs> and uh, and decides to tag along with Nina and Cray trying to rescue Nina's sister. Hmm. Like, be, I, I guess they feel that way, and and I and I assume the sort of, I mean, the ending that we're supposed to choose is the one where uh, where you don't, where you where you clash with Folu and have the and have the last boss fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Like, it, it could if. Um. It could have gone very badly for everybody in the world except Folu if Ryu didn't ha- have nice people that to interact with at at the beginning of his story. Yeah, and you do have one of those moments. I'm going to rewind again a little bit to the end of chapter two, when you're at the village where um, oh god, where that about the oh, where, where that imperial cap captain murders the entire village of children. Yeah, and yeah, so you have what? to fight this. Yeah, it's horrible because Ursula's like, no, your only job is to you know, get the Yore dragon and go. And he murders the entire, all the children, all of the villagers. A, a village and, of, a village populated only by magical children, which is yeah. a, a little strange, but I mean, it doesn't make it, doesn't make it any wor- any more okay that they all got murdered. Yeah, it just comes so out of the blue because until the end of chapter two, Breath of Fire 4 is quite chirpy and very like, let's go on an adventure, let's save your sister kind of thing. And then it's like, how about mass genocide all of a sudden? And then Ryu goes absolutely bananas and turns into, oh, it's not Tyrant, it's the other one. It's um, Kaiser, the Kaiser dragon. Yeah. And he goes to berserk and kills all the soldiers and everything. And from that point on, like the only thing that brings him back is Nina like hugging him and trying to bring him back to humanity. But from that point on, there's an interesting gameplay mechanic. Um, you always have the Kaiser Dragon on your transformation list, but, but you, you'll but you won't be able to control Ryu, and he'll always you move can't. third if you uh, if you yeah. use him. 
that's right yeah so i think that's a really interesting thing but yeah there are some really you go through some awful things and for him to come out assuming you do do the good ending um for him to come out the way that he does kind of just testament to him and it's really clever i like the way that it's all framed really yeah you really see all of these characters go through a lot and and grow at, le at least Cray, nina and ryu and it's a and even though the game doesn't have as much expository dialogue and text as i'd like um you you do get the feeling that of um the these characters having you know difficult journeys <laughs> and uh yeah I, I i i hate i hate to keep hammering the point home and just being a broken record about it i think i i wanted more i wanted this game to be longer because i mm -hmm. liked i liked parts of it so much that it could have gone i think that it, the parts could have been fleshed out more but let's change subjects a little bit um I never thought that this was a very challenging game for the most part. Like it's it feels the the difficulty curve feels a little easier than average, right? Yeah. Until okay. the end of chapter 3. Where <laughs> um basically from the uh ice lion guy who, who I think is Lonku or Wonku. Yeah. Yeah, because from uh, Fo from Fulo's from Fulo's tomb. Yeah, yes. To... Uh, ice lion is I've been calling them ice lion and death dog, but it's one coup and Atur are the the okay. names of those two guys. From okay. one coup onward, every remaining boss battle I think is quite hard. And, yeah, and, really. But part of that is on me because again I don't have any good equipment from trading in fish because I haven't done <laughs> any fishing throughout the game. I yeah. didn't really know how fish points work, so I haven't upgraded any of my dragons okay and also i haven't been doing the fairy quest and don't have any rewards from that either and i haven't i didn't find the master that lets, lets me steal items so i haven't gotten any of the stealing bonuses i, I have i only found like five masters throughout the whole game yeah i didn't I, really sorry go on. it's cool whenever i met a new one uh mostly the requirements for getting them was something i hadn't done yeah in, the game never forces you to go out of your way and it's not like you don't have to do any of those things as well so they're all doable as proved by the fact that we're here but i didn't i was in the same position as you but i was i think possibly slightly higher i'd done some grinding but they were still really challenging and the one that really got me was the dice one at the oh. end of the tomb which has got a mechanic to it so one of them i think is weak to physical attacks and the other is weak to magic attacks but you have to like hit them anyway to rotate them to make sure they don't use their special move, which basically wipes out your characters to one HP. Yeah, I, I I was I got lucky. I beat that one on the first try. I didn't think it yeah, was that hard, too. but um, I, I got hit with that move only once. But I was able to just uh, swap out my entire party. Yeah, and, that happened. So, yeah. and uh, and it, it ended up working okay. But also because I've been using magic combos as like my main source of damage for the entirety of chapters two and three. I, I killed the magic one pretty quickly and figured out, oh, I, and all right, I'll just switch to my physical characters with the second one. I, I got yeah. a little bit lucky with that one. But with, um, with one coup, that was a, a big struggle for me, and I had to, I had to grind a little bit after him because I was terrified of what would come next. And Atur <laughs> wiped me out because he has, a, uh, he oh, has really? a death spell that, kills your entire, that can kill your entire party. I never had that. I think, I think it was called Howling or something, but it, it, uh, he has an instant death oh. move. That um that that re that really kicked my ass and I I just I had saved right before him, so it wasn't yeah. a, a, a when I had like four characters down and it's like I don't want to use every item just to beat this guy so I'm gonna reset and I mm -hmm. and I found I found some accessories that prevent death attacks, 
and then he was oh. he was quite easy the second try. But um, God, yeah, but, that's uh, quite unlucky. Yeah, but but down down the line, Fo those three fights against Folu in a row at the end. Yeah, so the there's a dragon boss, isn't there as well? Halfway yeah, the, through the, the final, there, that the, the, was there, there's, there's two dragon bosses that are before Folu, and the one of them is really brutal, mm. and the other well, they're, one. They're... Mm? Sorry. I was gonna say they're all kind of the different um different stages of difficulty. So once you figure yeah. out what you have to do with the first one, it's not too bad. But I remember doing like a really good combo and doing like eleven thousand damage and you go, That's really good. And then it's got regen for fifteen thousand. I went, oh, man, <laughs> what? And then you had to look at the menu description and go, Oh right, so you just have to keep hitting it until it stops regening. But the second one I don't think the final boss is as hard. The problem is, is you go into it straight after the yeah. penultimate. It, it, and I, the... I had a lot of trouble with the second one because I'd used mm. more than half of Ryu's MP on the first one. Yeah, definitely. That was I was in the same situation. Um, so I was kind of struggling and crawling my way through the second one because of the first one, which has, you know, um, it gets easier as you go along again. So it's mm -hmm. similar. So. I can't remember. Is it dark something? Dark gate? Dark its best move that it uses oh. nearly all the time? Oh, I don't remember. I, I had to, I, I had a Nina using Vitalize almost every turn because of the threat, <laughs> because of the threat of that move. I, yeah, so the way it works is the lower its health, the less damage it does, like the dragon attacks. So the lower down you've got its health, the less damage it would do with that particular attack. So it does get a little bit easier as you go through it. But by that point, you know, you're already doing shed loads of damage because you don't want to take all of the damage earlier on. Um, and then you've already used up most of your AP. And then it's like, oh, here you go. You can fight Folu as like the the, per the Yori dragon, basically, almost. So it's brutal. It's they're, The thing is, is they're like difficult, but they're more endurance tests than anything else. Yes. So mm -hmm. if you're in the both, both Wanku and, the, uh, and this, the final boss were really just tests of endurance that I had to use a lot of very careful character switching to get their AP up. Mm. Yeah, so I made it so like Skiers would always be in one group and Nina would always be in another and they very rarely be in at the same time because they both had healing moves and they both have revival moves mm -hmm. and I had Cray. If I was worried about using my AP, I would get him to use an item and then all the other times I could, I would just be comboing fire spells because they were doing like six thousand damage a turn. So yeah, I was I was mostly doing fire into wind combos, either with uh with some combination of Ursula, Nina, and Urshan to mm. try and trigger Giga Flare for the second hit. Yeah. That uh, which would probably not as effective as using tr uh, three fire spells in a row, but so yeah. But but um and with the third character either Nina healing or Skius healing or uh. Or putting in Cray attacking just so other people could um, get their AP back in the back line. It was it was it, it was a very interesting like these long boss battles. I, I think are good and they really get um, uh, the players can get mileage out of the character switching mechanic that I like quite a bit, mm. and and the, and they feel like epic struggles, which is which is good. But I think that uh, my, the struggle, struggles were considerably more difficult for me because I had like equipment that you you could buy in the capital for all of my characters. Oh, me too. Although I picked up some stuff in the dungeon, but um, oh, oh, right, I, th I, I think did. I did too. But but I I don't think I had 
um, absolute best in-game stuff, which no. was which was my fault because I didn't really engage in fishing or crafting. I didn't even find the crafting system. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure how to, I'm not sure how it works because I I collected a bunch of crafting items, but I yeah. it's, it's like is, can I make these into something? Is there is there a crafting I'm... menu? But I, I I never found it. I didn't go into it either. Um, it's no, I... all kind of just yeah. non-mandatory and hidden away a little bit. Um. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, just another thing where um, there's a lot of systems in place, and this game feels bigger than it, like, feels hmm. incredibly large and deep, but it doesn't communicate its depth very well, and doesn't have a story depth to meet the gameplay depth, always. No, exactly. Um, so, going back to combos, um, mm -hmm. there was another thing you could do. So, you can do three-tier combos. So, you know, you said you do wind into fire. Yeah. So if you use the best fire spell on one of Ryu's dragons, you get another spell. Oh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, then so, I missed that one, I guess. Uh... They don't explain it very well. Oh. I don't think they explain it at all, and it was only by digging around a little bit online. There's a magic combo FAQ somewhere. Um, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. There's a there's like a fourth tier of these magic combos. What? And yeah, so you do it by casting, say you do cyclone with nina and then do um is it inferno or with um um it, 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 no it has to be fire then wind if you do if you want the combo. oh sorry yeah so inferno and then yeah and then you do the wind spell cyclone and then you do it with the equivalent third level spell on ryu's dragon you'll get an upgraded version of Giga Flare, which oh. I think they're what it's called. Yeah, so they're even more powerful, which I don't think the game particularly goes out of its way no, to tell I, you. I, yeah, I never figured that out. I, when, I was, when I was barraging on people, I would have Ryu use the breath attack and have the other two use a, uh, use a spell combo, which was, usually, most... which was usually Giga Flare or Thunderstorm, depending on which characters were I was using. Yeah, and that's the most effective thing to do, really, because the dragon breath spells don't use any AP, and nine times out of ten will cause upwards of seven, eight thousand damage anyway, especially if they're part of a combo. But it was just toying yeah, around as well. Yeah, and, th yeah, there's so much depth hidden all around that I, I feel like, and and again, I mentioned it near the beginning of this episode, I I uh, I avoided some side stuff in the end because I had to finish this game in time. That. I don't know. This game feels like it should be bigger than it is. So, and I'm not disappointed because I I liked it almost the whole way. But there's, like, even even though this game is excellent, it feels like there's unrealized potential here. And uh, I I guess I guess I'm gonna go into um, because uh, we we've been talking quite a bit already. I want I want to go into some uh, prognostication or some outside the story discussion, because. Breath of Fire 4 is so good, and a lot of people also like 3, and we talked about how appealing this world and these characters are. Um, how much of a tragedy is Breath of Fire 6? Yeah, isn't it awful? I mean, it was bad enough. It's kind of sad, isn't it, when we've gotten to the stage where a mobile sequel is like the death knell for our series, so... The only series that's really bucked that trend is Tales, because the mobile game for Tales is quite popular. But Breath of Fire, you've got Star Ocean that's there, Valkyrie Profile, and it's. I mean, Final Fantasy's mobile offerings are not the best. Even though I know, <laughs> even though I know FFRK and FF, uh, RK and BE both have fans. I'm not. I'm not going to call those triumphant. No. Um. But like those ones in particular, and specifically Breath of Fire Six, because I remember seeing artwork for that game and going, it "Looks so good." 
but it's a mobile game in Japan. And then this year, I think it's ended, hasn't it? So... Yeah, the servers died in. Uh... Um, well, th this year we're, we're almost into 2018 as of recording, but this is going to be a 20, our first 2018 episode officially. So in September 2017, the servers died. We're killed off. And it's that's kind of it. And it's just kind of sad because, like you said, 4 has got such a rich world and it needed building on. 5 um, Breath and Dragon Quarter is kind of the outlier in that some people love it and some people hate it. Yeah, it's a, a it's a very different it. kind of RPG, but it um, mm. it's a little divisive. Uh, but some people do love it. I I have not yeah. played it, so I I don't have an opinion. But it's it's got its fans on the site. I know Rob Fenner is a big fan of it. So yeah, I'm, okay, we have a big sort of uh, site document over potential future retro encounter episodes, and there is a um, there is a card for Breath um Dragon Quarter that a lot of people are interested in, which is uh, interesting to me. But I haven't, but I have not played it. Mm. But like the, the it went on such a different direction, and then the series went on like a ten year break, and then they came back with a mobile game that lasted less than a year. And, and it's real death now. Yeah, it's that's unfortunate, but I I don't think it's totally dead because this is Capcom we're talking about. Exactly. And uh, um, it's... like Capcom has had a, such a weird couple of years. Uh, full disclosure, maybe, maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast before, maybe I haven't. Capcom was my favorite game developer for probably 10 or 15 years. It was it was like one number one Capcom, number two Square for a lot of my growing up. And and that was because like um, Mega Man was one of the first game characters I really fell in love with. I adored all of the Mega Man and Street Fighter games for the Super Nintendo and PS1 and in arcades, I guess, for some of those. And uh, I had a Monster Hunter phase that was that where it was uh, the game I played the most for a few years. I'm I still am a bit of a Street Fighter Five apologist, which which confuses people. <laughs> but I, I like I love Capcom, and they've had so many ups and downs in the 2000s and 2010s that I think, but I think they're make they're in a okay place right now. Because Monster Hunter, yeah, yeah, uh, like Monster Hunter World looks amazing, and their Monster Hunter games have been extremely successful. Uh, Street hmm. Fighter Four was amazing. Five had problems, but is kind of making a comeback. Uh, mm -hmm. They're bringing back freaking Mega Man, and yeah, uh, Mega Man Eleven, and Resident Evil Seven was a good game. Mm -hmm. So, sure. like, so if they, if Capcom is like has money, and there is interest in more Breath of Fire, which I I'm not sure honestly. And if they can bring back frickin' Mega Man in 2017, then I think there might still be a glimmer of hope for a Breath of Fire 7. But it would take, uh, I don't know, it, it would take uh, interest, like obvious interest from fans and some, in, and of course interest within Capcom development or, or Capcom corporate. And I'm, I'm not sure that exists, but yeah, I, I, I think I think we could get a Breath of Fire 7. But it is it's totally that's a totally a total guess on my part. It's. <laughs> I uh, I don't know, but like I, I have a weird amount of hope now because, uh, because I believe in Capcom, perhaps foolishly, and I really, really, really like Breath of Fire Four now. <laughs> now that I've finished it for the first time. So you want more? Of course I do. I'm I'm I might yes, have to look I into a PS2 more. copy of a uh, of um, of Dragon Quarter or fire up my uh, my UK imported Breath of Fire Three UMD, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say. That is a really weird thing to say, but thank God the PSP is region free. Yeah, my PSP is dying. When I when I played uh, Final Fantasy One, 
a couple months ago for the podcast, it uh, it crashed multiple times on me, and it was the PSP and not and not the game. So I'm, oh, no. I might and, and and that was my second PSP as well. So I might need to I might need to find a third one used if I ever want to play UMDs ever again. But that's mm. a separate discussion. Uh, like, do you do you have any optimism at all for the future of Breath of Fire, or are we pretty sure it's dead? I like to try and be optimistic about series anyway, so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. With I, you. I'm, I'm worried. I'm saying it was a death knell. But... I, I'm worried. I'm too optimistic, honestly. Well, no, because they know it exists. I think. Like, they wouldn't make a mobile game if they didn't realise it exists, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a death knell, because I gave the example of Tales of... I think it's Tales of Link and Tales of the Rays, both of which are fairly successful, and as far as I'm aware, okay, but... My, my you know, worry, my worry is that Breath of Fire Six was the series' chance, and uh, yeah. and it was a failure. But totally. uh, my hope is that because Capcom is in a pretty good place right now, they understand that a mobile game is not what fans want, and potentially FF, uh, FF, sorry, Breath of Fire Seven could be a more traditional RPG for a hmm. modern console, and that would uh. And people might get on board with that, but I don't know. It's I'm just in a very optimistic place right now with Breath of Fire because I like this one so much. And, <laughs> You're like uh, Capcom's doing all your favors, and yeah, the only thing they need to God. do. So they need, so they need Breath of Fire Seven and Devil May Cry Five, and you'll be like on fire. Are you kidding? I, I will be I will be driving the uh, the Capcom <laughs> bandwagon like every, all aboard. I'll be on plenty that. of room. Um, but uh, I because I'm very excited about Monster Hunter World and Mega Man Eleven. And uh, mm. and I'm a longtime fan of Street Fighter and Devil May Cry and many of those others. I am a bit of a Capcom cheerleader, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if that's um, come across on podcasts before, but it that is something about me. I'm a I'm a fanboy of a lot of old Capcom stuff, and so it was a delight for me to really enjoy an old Capcom RPG for this podcast. So thank you so much, Alana, for uh, for um, talking about it with me for two episodes. No, it's a pleasure. It's really good to come back and play it because my memory was so hazy. And I remember liking it, but re-experiencing it. And it's kind of been like my calm down game for the year because <laughs> I played too. so many like so many big, good blockbuster budget games this year and some indie titles and smaller things. When you're reviewing stuff, it's like, wow, there's another one, there's another release, and I have to sift through them all and see. see what you should have stopped at my strategy and ignore most of those <laughs> and then play Persona Five twice. But um, yeah, it's like playing this has been really a palate cleanser because it's been so refreshing to play something that's not hyper stylized or you know has an over-the-top story. It doesn't question humanity and it doesn't question the meaning of being a robot or it doesn't pretend other things. I was going to spoil and, the end for Danganronpa there and I tried whoops. to stop myself. <laughs> and, but, oh, and, yeah. well, and also its systems are at, at one level very simple and classic, but also there's a, a surprising amount of depth um, hmm. with, with, you know, with the combos and skills. Like, there's so many systems in place, but it doesn't feel overcomplicated or overwhelming like, say, like it sometimes does in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> which, is, which, is, yeah. which is a game that I, I've only barely started, but a, a game that I, 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 I appreciate so far. But it's like comparing the complexity of systems between Xenoblade 2 and Breath of Fire 4 is... Oh man, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so Breath of Fire Four does feel old school and refreshing, but there's hidden depth and a, a story and a, a world that was so charming and a story I liked so much that I wish it was we had more of both. Hmm. So definite. 
we've been talking for well over an hour, so I'm afraid it's time to uh, bring this conversation to an end, Alana. Um, thank you again for joining me, and uh, thank you listeners for joining us in this uh, discussion of Breath of Fire 4, which is a game that I thought I would like but exceeded my expectations, and I'm glad that I nominated it and that you listeners voted for it in our 100-episode uh, extravaganza from a few months ago. So, if you want to reach out to us, the best way to do so is via email, retro at rpgfan.com. Uh, you can also comment on the rpgfan.com boards, um, go on the RPG Fan Facebook page, voice your thoughts, yell at us, tell us what game to play next. We uh, read everything that's directed to us, and we do take listener input into account when we uh, choose our games and our topics. And um, sometimes we do public polls. We did two last year, one for Breath of Fire 4 and one for Dragon Quest V. And I think there, there may be a public poll for lis- uh, listeners to choose a game that we cover in coming in the next few months, but I'm not, I'm not, we haven't 100% ironed out all of our plans yet. So uh, in January, we're, we're doing our second indie month. Our first indie month was in early 2016. But we're going to play, play three indie games in a row, indie RPGs in a row, I should say, over the next three weeks, and those will be those are the Surrealist RPG OFF, the uh, um, I should say uh, blockbuster <laughs> indie RPG Undertale, and the goofy uh, superhero Power Rangers esque um, strategy RPG Chroma Squad. Those are the next three weeks of Retro Encounter. And we have a, um, each of those episodes has a different panel and different host, so it'll be uh, an interesting exercise seeing what the uh what this diverse group of people uh has to say about these three games people know who you are yeah. like, which you'll one never are you guess which of those three i'm <laughs> i'm hosting you'll never guess never <laughs> so uh alana if a listener wants to get in touch with you what's the best way for them to do so uh best way is probably twitter so um i'm at alana hags uh there's apparently the rpg fan twitter likes retweeting me a lot at the moment so if you see my name on there then that's me and you can come follow me and talk to me about Breath of Fire or Romantic Saga or anything. Um, I'm also occasionally on Discord, but if you message me on there, I'm Diving Falcons, as I am on the forums. So I'm always happy to talk to anybody, really. Right. Oh, I didn't mention the RPG Fan Discord before. We do have a Discord. It is called RPG Fan. If you can't access it easily, go on the RPG Fan forums and uh, bug the moderator, um, Star Mongoose, also known as Greg, and he, uh, he'll be able to set up you up with an invite. And um, I am on Twitter as at the Real Monsoon or at Evoker for Dogs. I switch between them for depending on what I'm ranting about. And on the forums, I am Monsoon. On the Discord, I am Monsoon Mike. So I think it's about it, Alana. Do you think are we about ready to sign off? I think so. I think people should play Breath of Fire Four. And I think I agree. It's just been a pleasure. It's been a delightful game to end the year with. So, listeners. Thank you, good night, and good luck.